What's up, everybody? How are y'all doing? This is Rugged and Manly, Lovely and Sweet with your host slash creator, Travis Finnegan. I just felt to get on here and kind of go off the top of the dome. And uh, there's some things I've been thinking about. And one of those is comparison. Comparison in the body of Christ, comparison in the people around us and just how deadly it can really be when it's not addressed or when it's taken to its extreme. In the church today, I'd say especially in the non-denominational charismatic type of thing, there is this great emphasis on doing the mighty work for God, right? Doing this incredible thing for God, right? We preach stadiums, we preach big business, we preach the seven mountains, all this stuff. And I'm not against any of those things. I think they're wonderful. I think more people are called to it than are actually doing it. Um, I, mean, I think I should be doing more of that stuff. You know, I should have more influence than I, than I do. Uh, but in the end, we have to do our part, but it's really up to God when he says, okay, now you're ready, it's time it's time to go influence these things. One of the reasons I made this podcast, it's one of the reasons uh, I got on TikTok. I felt like the Lord wanted me to get my voice out there and I had Eric Gilmore give me a word about it where he said, dude, you know, seriously, make a podcast. He had whispered, whispered in my ear. With that being said, though, I think here's where it gets dangerous. We neglect the reality of being in seasons in our lives, right? And... When we begin to compare ourselves, and let's say a person has been walking with the Lord for five years, right? Not that long. I'm only in a decade, and that's not, it's not very long, right? And they'll see that, that person has been with the Lord five years, and let's just say they're in Texas, and they feel like, man, I should be further along. I should be married by now. X should have happened. I should have been in this country. I should have been around the world. Because why? Because they've heard these people preach, so many people, especially in the like in ministry schools, that kind of thing, that have done outstanding endeavors for God, like amazing things. And they've been to Peru, and they've been to here, and they've been to there. But we don't realize that took years for their character to form, right? It took a decade. It took, it took 20 years of fasting and praying before God was able to exalt them, right? Like even Mother Teresa... It took years before she got an inter an audience with the United Nations. And she didn't even want it when it came. She was like, no, I just want to stick to helping the poor. And the Pope said to her, he said, no, you have an opportunity to help the poor. You need to speak up. You need to speak up and act. So it's one thing to compare yourselves to the people on stage. In a way, I don't think that's nearly as detrimental as when it starts to happen with your significant other, with people that you're friends with. Why? Because every time they accomplish something, now you've got to go do something like that. And it's no longer even about your calling. It's about you being on their level, right? And 
if you want to take this to the extreme, right, let's break this down with even gender roles now. Comparison between men and women has gotten so intense. And look, it wasn't always meant to be that way. I'm just, just ever so gently alter my camera. Ah, uh, Adam and Eve up there. Thought it was weird to have two naked people in the background, but I just think it's a cool picture because it just reminds me of the Garden of Eden. Regardless, Adam and Eve were made so different, right? Not There was not an, a calling that was superior to the other. Adam is not superior to Eve. Eve is not superior to Adam. They have different functions, all glorifying the same God. I'm going to say that again. Different functions, all glorifying the same Jesus Christ, the same risen one. How can the hand say to the arm, I don't need you? I'll give you an example. I actually recently broke my uh, pinky finger. <laughs> don't ask me how. No, I'm just kidding. I basically punched a wall when I was playing basketball. Whatever. Got upset. The wall was padded. I didn't think there was brick behind the wall. And I didn't think I hit it that hard, but apparently my pinky did not appreciate it. So I've got this little cast that I wear, which I don't particularly enjoy wearing. But all that to say, man, this pinky is so seemingly insignificant but man it is so so important right it's such a tiny little digit but when i'm at work i have such a difficult time doing things without this little pinky of mine i have such a hard time functioning as i'm used to i'm having to relearn how to write and pick up glasses, the most basic stuff. Even when I was putting this little bear picture up, my mom gave me this for Christmas, thank you mama. It's like I couldn't use my finger. It's such a, such a small, insignificant, how, how many people go to the gym and train their pinky? Never. And we have it and we think, oh wow, we have opposable thumbs, it's so amazing. But yeah, I guess you know, I could do without my pinky, right? That being said, So how essential is the is the pinky? Doesn't get the same love the eye does, the ear does, the nose does, mouth, etc. But how how vital it is. Imagine two fingers out of place. Imagine three. Imagine five and just a palm. It'd be very difficult to use that palm, right? I know some people overcome that, but still, for the average person, it's difficult. Point being, if we have people that are called to be pinkies, trying to be elbows, it's never gonna work. It'll never function correctly. And for me, personally, this is what I believe. This is why the body of Christ, God speaking through the body, and also you hearing God for yourself are equally important. They're equally important for two reasons. Or I mean, for several reasons, but just two come to mind. On the hearing God for yourself part, if you don't hear God speak to you, you won't really know what you're called to. You won't know how valuable you are to God. You won't be able to have intimacy with God. It'll always be a one-sided relationship where you just blurt things out, but you never hear, right? Now, being human, and if you read, uh, I believe it's 1 Peter 
chapter one or two, he says, no part of this prophetic book is subject to individual interpretation. What does that mean? It means that I, a man, am prone to making mistakes, to not getting it right, if you will. Right? I have to learn anything, including hearing the voice of God. And it's so easy to get my soul and my spirit mixed up and my thoughts and the sermons of the mind mixed up. However, that is something that I have to fight through between me and God personally. But if I have people in my life around me that help me hold accountable to the vision, to the dream, to what I think God's telling me to do, how much easier it gets. I have a friend of mine who recently set out for a business endeavor and I've been working with him as well on it. And how inspiring it is that every day I get to talk to this guy, I get to interact with him, we get to share what we're learning, what we're experiencing, and how excited we are. You have that accountability, you have that brother to be with you to help build the vision. And not only that, I can tell you my personal experience, I have had people Give me, I'm going to say this right into the mic because I, I feel like it's, so, it's important for somebody right now. I have had people give me prophetic words that I thought certain parts made no sense, were not going to happen, no way, but they happened. But they were of God. And I know we say, wow, you know, if it doesn't resonate with that person, you know, it's probably not the Lord. I think to an extent... I personally believe that, yeah, you might get it wrong, sure. But I have actually given, a, I gave a guy a word that he would, that he was a doctor or something. And he's like, no, not a doctor, don't want to do that. I reconnected with the guy a few years later because I was going to New York. Remember, he's from there. So I wanted to see him. And here we go, New York, Brooklyn, New York, hat on. Um, Kyrie Irving, you're going to get saved, man, in Jesus' name. You're going to get saved, brother. Jesus is going to get a hold of you, I guarantee it. Take it to the bank. Prophesy that in Jesus' name. Um, but I got a hold of him, and he said, man, I wanted to tell you. He said, I've been thinking about what you told me, and I felt God called me to become a uh, psychologist to get my doctorate to do Christian counseling. And help people with trauma or something, something along those lines. But at that moment when I gave him that word, he's like, man, I have no idea what you're talking about. And it's been like me, like someone, before I moved to Phoenix out of profit, actually from the same trip. Oh, wow, Holy Spirit, you're bringing this all together. From the same trip in New York. And he said, he said, you know, Arizona. He said Arizona and the ball of other things that higher education, this and that. Uh, I see you preaching the gospel, you know, you're going to spearhead a revival, all this stuff. He just like boom, 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 went, down, went down the mark, right? And, you know, even now just talking about this, it gets, it gets me thinking about New York because a while back I had a friend prophesy that I, I thought that I would go to the Middle East, but a lot of my work would be done here in America. And here I am still in America. And he said, and then he was praying about New York. And since that, God, God has put something in me till this day for New York that I don't 
fully see the picture right now, but I know he'll do it. I know he's able if I just keep taking the right steps. Because I have a real heart for New York. I have a real heart for California, a lot of these liberal places. I just have a real heart for it. It's one of the things I love about Phoenix. I'm surrounded by so many liberals I get to share the gospel with. And not only that, I get to hear people with different perspectives than mine. So it makes me think a little deeper. And I don't feel like I'm just recycling talking points with people. I can't stand that. That's one thing that got old in Texas was constantly recycling those talking points. But anyway, I digress. I don't want to get into all that. So my point being is, circling this all back to comparison and needing to hear the voice of God and the prophetic word for your life. You know, sometimes we want a guy, I feel the Holy Spirit on this so strong right now. So strong, I feel this, whoever, man, this, this actually might be just for me or whoever's listening as well, but I feel this for me. Sometimes we're looking for a guy to give us a word from a stage because he has a title or whatever. All the while, God who loves to work through simplicity and humility and will use a donkey to give a message to a prophet if need be has been speaking through our friends. And we ignore what our friends say because, oh, it's just them. You know, it's not Eric Gilmore. It's not this person. It's not that person or whatever. But in reality, our friends know us better than anybody. Our friends know our gifting. There are certain things that people around you, I feel this so strong. There are certain things about you that you don't even realize about yourself, but someone who knows you for 10 minutes can pick up on it. Certain characteristics. And what's so dangerous, when we begin to so exalt our own discernment over everybody else's voice, you wind up in a very sick place. I'm being honest right now. You wind up in a very sick place. So anyway, all that aside, I think one of the reasons you can get to that place is because comparison. Because you think your life should be like so-and-so. You think you're called to so-and-so because so-and-so did it. Pastor this, prophet that, apostle this, pope whomever. They talk a certain way. They walk a certain way. Well, I guess I got to be like that too. No, absolutely not. No. When I was discerning some things in my life, I had a guy tell me, he said, you know, you're, you're pretty wild and free right now. Why would you want to give up that to go do this, right? In regards to being a priest. And this was a vocation director. This was a priest telling me this. At the time, it didn't really make sense to me. But looking now, it makes a lot of sense because I feel like God has a certain uniqueness on my life that I don't want to sacrifice to just join a certain organization, right? And sometimes what, what just seems right in the natural is, well, if I could just go join this particular ministry, if I could just this and that, then I would have stability. Then I would, you know, everything would be okay, if you will, right? Like then I would, then I would be in my calling. Not necessarily, not necessarily. Because one thing, I feel the Holy Spirit on this so strong, that we can never neglect is A, what do you carry? What do you carry? What is on your life? 
When you speak, what happens? When you pray for the sick, what happens? What do you carry? And the reality of that is, even if, for my own personal life, I'm speaking about me here. I don't always like to just talk about other people. I like to talk about what I've experienced because because I, I call it a teachimony. It's, it's what God has taught me through my life and through the word of God and what I've actually lived. I'm going to say that again. What I have actually lived. Not what I've thought, not what I've theorized, not what I've come up with, not what I've psychologically figured out and analyzed, but what is the fruit on my life? What burns in my chest? How have I experienced the God-man and seen him work through me? What I have experienced is that my little life in the marketplace, when some people are like, hey, Travis, you're doing this. Travis, you're doing that. Travis, you should be doing this. Travis, you should fast more. And I, yeah, I probably should, you know. I, I do the best. Like, I, no, I'll take that back. I feel like I fast as much as I ought to fast. I'll take that back. I feel the Lord comforting on that. But, Travis, you should go to this church. Travis, you don't need to, you know, you don't need to go to confession. You don't confess your sins to a priest. Travis, you don't need to go to Eucharist. You can have that at your home. You don't need a priest. Don't care. I don't, I don't care if you think that about me. I don't care if that's what your little conviction is. It doesn't matter. It doesn't change the fact that when I go to confession, I confess my sin to that priest and I confess them to God, a ridiculous grace comes on me to be free from that sin, to be free from that yoke, to have a clean conscience. And I know some people, it's gotten way out of hand where they're like, like they need to go to confession every day and, and they walk out just as condemned as they walked in. That is not the will of God, man. The will of God is that you would walk in freedom in a clean conscience. Paul said it. He said, I testify before God, I have conducted myself in a clean conscience before you today. He had no selfish ambition. He had no interior motive. God forgive us for selfish ambition in the name of Jesus Christ, God, root out the selfish ambition in our hearts in every way, shape, and form. God, have mercy on us. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. God, kill selfish ambition in our hearts. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. Oh, I feel like I'm preaching to myself a little bit here. There's jealousy in comparison. There's selfish ambition. I'll put it like that. When we start comparison ourselves and we get jealous of other people and what they've accomplished, you better believe selfish ambition is alive and well right there. And God's giving you an opportunity to expose that trash and kill it and confess your sin, man. If you're not Catholic, sure, confess your sin to God, wonderful. But also the Bible says this, confess your sins to one another and pray for each other that you may be healed. So confess your sin to your brother. I'm going to be real with you. Hey, buddy, I was feeling jealous when you said this. Please pray for me that I would honor you as opposed to just being jealous of you. That's how character and integrity is formed. But if we just want to deny it and just be like, oh, you know, I just feel like I should do this and act like it's not comparison. Guess what? God can't heal you. God can't do the work he needs to do because you need to acknowledge it. Acknowledge that weakness. Listen, seek justice, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. This is what's required of you. We can overcomplicate this thing. And I want to say this. 
in my little sphere of influence, at work, at a restaurant, in the marketplace, going on hikes. Listen, I have been able to touch thousands of people, if not tens of thousands at this point. My life is a stadium. I'll fill up a stadium with the amount of people that I get to approach and I interact with on a day. Multiplied over time and on a daily basis. There's my stadium in Jesus' name. And one day I believe I will be preaching an actual like bowl stadium. But in the meantime, I'm going to go to the gym and there's going to be people, be people there. There was a guy who was crippled in his legs. I prayed for him before I left to the gym today. I'm going to go to work. And, the, and this guy yesterday was like making fun of me being a Christian, like saying some just profane stuff. I didn't get mad at him. I don't care. This dude, I don't care what he thinks about me. I'm a son of God, bro. You're a man in the flesh. Like, I'm going to care what you think. I stand before God. My conscience is clean in Jesus' name. <sighs> and I'm still burning. And I'm not going back. So the point is this. I don't need to be exactly what people think I should need, but there's a balance in I should respect the counsel and wisdom. The Bible says plans prosper when there's a, 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 a surplus of, of consolation or something along that proverb talks about that. But I got to hear the voice of God for myself. And I can't afford to become addicted to comparison. I'm always looking at what they did. For example, I had a friend. I ran six miles. Like two days later, that person was like, I'm going to be honest with you. I ran this many miles because you did it. And that's beautiful because a little humility saying like, hey, you know, I did do this because it was a comparison, but also you pushed me further. And that's beautiful. I don't have a problem with that. But man, when you have a hard time celebrating someone else's testimony because you want to keep them humble, good luck. That is not God. I heard Bill Johnson say this and it changed my life. There is no spiritual gift of keeping your brother humble. Doesn't exist. Now there may be a time where your brother's like talking like really fool. Hey buddy, like chill. You know what I mean? Like calm down. But come on, man. If a guy's just sharing a testimony, just giving glory to God for what God did and how the Lord co-labored with him. Because I know some people will say like, oh, you know, because in the end, this is reality. We can do nothing apart from Jesus Christ. It's all the grace of God. But we have to cooperate. We have to give him our yes. And what can God do with your little yes? If you just start telling, listen, this is what I believe I'm called to. I'm called to equip the body to go preach the gospel. If you just start telling 10 people a day, I'm going to say even three. I'm going to say one. One person a day about Jesus Christ. You pray for one people's person a day. In a year you've touched at least 300 people, because good luck keeping it at one. Once you hit that, I call it breaking the seal. You talk to that first person, it's a wrap, dude. I'm probably gonna go preach the gospel after this today, because what better thing is there to do? People wanna go country music dancing, they wanna, you know, go hang out at the bar, these Christians. Man, I wanna go preach the gospel. It's so much more exciting for me to see an atheist get saved, to see a teenager get rocked, to see a cripple get healed than to go country music dance. What? No, man, I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to preach Christ crucified. 
Jesus is king. He lives inside of me. I eat his body. I drink his blood. I experience his life. I'm resurrected with Christ, man. I'm resurrected with the son of God. There is nothing better than that. I've already won because Jesus lives in me. And he speaks through me and he, and he talks with me and he walks with me. And I'm his son. And no man, no entity, no organization, no church, no building, no mother, no father will ever take that away from me. I'm a son of God. Bought with the price. Purchased with the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus, man. And I just want to pray to close this out right quick. I mean, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, I give you glory. God, I worship you. I praise you. God, I thank you for the reality of sonship. That we are not just mere mortals. We are the sons of God. Burning with the gospel. God, I pray every person watching this video, every person listening to this podcast right now. In Jesus' name. That they would be strong like a bear, Lord. Strong like an ox. Healthy in body, healthy in mind. And that they would be mentally strong, God, to overcome adversity. And to know that they are sons of God in Jesus' name. And I want to tell you, I'm going to encourage you to also, I just feel this. Man, go, go outside and enjoy some nature. Get off your computer. Get out of your church building. Nothing against being in church, but go, go enjoy God's nature. It's amazing. One of my favorite things about Arizona is I have the most beautiful nature around me. And I'm going hiking all the, a lot. I mean, a lot. I've said that a lot. At least, I want to say all the time, but more than once a week, you know. Man, it is so awesome to enjoy God's creation. This picture to my right is actually of a coral reef. And that one's a jaguar over there, but I don't have it in it. And then I have the Garden of Eden. And then over there's a world map. Now I got a bear. Yay. So anyway. God bless you. I love you. You have a great day. Bye-bye. Kyrie Irving's going to get saved. Mm -hmm.